Hello, film world. I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. Welcome to my podcast where I dissect movies with fellow film enthusiasts and discuss why we love the medium as much as we do. We're back with our mini-series from stage to screen, where we study film adaptations of Broadway musicals and prove once and for all that film and theater can work together in harmony. LaGuardia High School graduate, Ithaca Pella alumni, and my good friend Ross Kennedy joins us today for the best of the worst entry of this mini-series, it's the 2009 remake of Fame. All right, we're breaking the rules for the film podcast a little bit today. Obviously, this series is about film adaptations of Broadway musicals. We're talking about the 2009 remake of Fame. And Fame started off as a movie and then a TV show and then became a Broadway musical. And then they remade this movie. But I feel that Fame in and of itself is um, synonymous with the performing arts and then centered around LaGuardia High School, where our guest actually went to high school today. How you doing, Ross? Hello, hello, hello. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> I'm ready to dive into this, baby. Uh, this is also a, a, our segment for the series of The Best of the Worst, talking about um, guilty pleasure movies and movies that are so bad, but also make them so, so good. And there's a lot to talk about um, with this movie. Um, but first, uh, you know, keeping with the series, I want to say, I want to ask, what is your relationship with performing and uh, Broadway and musicals? Because you're obviously from the heart of musical theater from New York City. So um, I'm just curious, what is your what is your relationship to musicals and performing? Yeah, so I uh, went to the notorious Fiorello H. LaGuardia High School of Music and Art and Performing Arts. That's actually its full name. I sing, so I was a vocal major there, and I learned like um, classic, like how to sing classical stuff and just all all types of singing stuff. But I wasn't like one of the, uh, you know, one of the star kids who was like in all the shows or anything. Like I was mm-hmm. just, I was just chilling. Um, but I sing. I don't think I'm much of a uh, actor. I don't think I'm that good. Uh, not much mm-hmm. of a dancer either, but um, <laughs> but I sing, and uh, <laughs> I brought that to college. That's where Josh and I met in uh, Ithaca Pella together. Mm-hmm. And uh, after I graduated from LaGuardia, I definitely decided that I liked performing, I liked singing, but I did not want to pursue it as a career because hot take here wasn't the biggest fan of the of going to the school <laughs> and uh <laughs> the environment was a little bit too toxic for my taste like everybody was kind of using music and performing to uh like one up each other and be vicious and take each other down and like that's the opposite of why i like music like i like music because mm-hmm. it brings people together and so right. i was like you know bye felicia and uh i uh did not pursue the life of performing although i still have it as a hobby Mm -hmm. well it's that's an interesting background to come from because i feel like and i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like in that environment you're just so surrounded 
by the, by performing and acting and and obviously music um, because I mean where I went to high school it was a public high school and it was um, you know that that was more of an extracurricular um, it wasn't necessarily something you fully pursued because we were focused more on academics but then there was music and um, the musical which I was very much involved in um, but it was outside of everything it wasn't as immersive um, as say LaGuardia sounds per se it seems like it, it's always it seems like you're always surrounded by that. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. When you're a freshman, like, it's such an honor to go there. But at the same time, like, everyone you're surrounded by, like, they were the top kid at their middle school or wherever they were before they got to LaGuardia. Like, everyone is, Mm -hmm. like, goes in there with a sense of ego. Because if you have the same, if you have the same, like, uh, traits that make you, like, want to stand up on a stage and perform in front of, like, thousands of people, like, you're going to have a little bit of ego and not even in a negative way. You're just, you're, it's going to be like a part of who you are. It's not, it's not just going to be like a little side hobby. And so all of those interacting with each other in a high school, which is like the most formative years of your life, (laughs) like arguably it was like, just, you know, it was a mess. (laughs) There were, there were some like amazing parts of it. There are some amazing memories, but, Overall, like, you know, when I think back on <laughs> on that experience, it, it's it's got a little bit of PTSD, <laughs> <laughs> which is so interesting because I, I feel like fame was such a, um, you know, the show and the movie and the the musical. I feel made that uh, made that school a little bit more famous than maybe it already was. I mean, obviously, it was very well known, but a lot of people know that now as the school from fame. And, oh yeah, or, and and because of that, um, a lot of people's perception of the performing arts is in order to be good and in order to really succeed in it, you have to start early. You have to kind of get into it um, immediately, either when you start really young and go to a high school like that or go to a college like that, and it becomes so much more uh, intimidating. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that was one of the main things that I wanted to talk about with this movie is like going there yeah you can be a a star like you can be someone who's like i'm gonna get to the top of my industry and i saw so many of those people and i saw a lot of them succeed um and it's like you know a really interesting environment to be around that is not what you have to be to like stay afloat at that school at all there are so many people there who i was like why are you a student here like there were so many, like as a as a male singer, there were so many guys in the vocal department because they would take a guy if he was like, we can work with him. Like you didn't have to be that good to to be <laughs> a guy in the vocal department. And there were so many guys there who I was like, so you have this like whole personality and you also sing, but you don't seem to care about singing that much. Like you never learn like the lyrics, like you're, you know, you're always like unprepared. Why are you necessarily like uh, why did you pick like a performing arts school Mm -hmm. and it's like they just did because they were like i don't know that would be fun and like (laughs) there were so many people who just like weren't you know going for all the top things or you know all competing with each other who were just you know kind of hanging out there and they of course were fine and they graduated and they just like didn't pursue that as a career always but in fame in both the versions there's there's this like notion of like you have to be one of the greats or else like you're like the scene 
I mean, we're I know we're gonna get into it later, but literally just the scene where the the dance teacher is like, "You are never gonna be a dancer," and it's my <laughs> responsibility to tell you. It's like, no, it isn't. You're an educator. You're a high school public school educator. It's your responsibility to, uh, I don't know, fucking like motivate this kid and like work yeah. with him and find a way to get through to him. And if you don't think he's that good of a dancer, then like still be a good teacher to him. But it's like ridiculous the notion that like at 17 years old, like you have to show all this promise and you have to be born with all this natural talent or else you're getting kicked to the curb. Like it's, it's intimidating and it's not a good message. Like I don't want, you know, middle schoolers to watch this and be like, Oh, I'm never going to LaGuardia. Like I'm never going to, you know, Mm -hmm. because it it makes it seem so much more like cutthroat than it is. And I, I get that that's like, how to add drama to a story, but mm-hmm. when it's when it's so closely based to like a real thing, like a real institution, I feel like you have a little bit of a responsibility to uh, present its image in an accurate way. <laughs> have you seen other versions of this? Like, have you seen the Broadway show, or have you seen? The I've never seen the Broadway movie? show, but I saw the the nineteen eighty one version. I think like in eighth grade, right after I got in. Because I'm wondering, like, is any of that just, a, like, is is it heightened in the remake or is that a problem that all three iterations have? I've seen the Broadway show as well. Yeah, well, then I want to hear what you have to say about it because you're, you're talking about the thing of, like, making it seem intimidating and, like, it's all the most intense thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Um, it's been a while since I saw the 1981 version. That one more just focuses on, like individual people's stories and those those parts of it I like when they're just like singling out a character and telling their story because that's that's truthful like that you know everyone everyone's high school journey is like filled with these dramatic moments and all this conflict but the way that they build kind of the environment of the school is what is like the problem and yeah it it is in it is in both of them definitely and what what would you say about the show the the show is I saw the show when I was um uh, I saw I saw a local production uh, up here in Binghamton do it I was I think I was like fifteen and it was good um the the show it's interesting because I agree with you said that focusing on the individual individual stories and having everyone kind of come their talents come to fruition you're like oh, okay I see how they grew in their relationship with like this professor and and you can see them actually like flourish through their music and the songs that they sing. And this movie obviously is not a musical per se. It's it's almost like, it almost follows like the style of like Glee, like the structure at least. It's not necessarily a full-on... I got full-on a lot of Glee movie. vibes. Mm-hmm. Like Glee, but worse, you know? Um, yeah, well, because Glee is a fiction, like a, it's completely fiction. And like they literally sing songs like in the hallway. Like, yeah. And it's like you know, overblown stereotypes. But if they were like, hey, Josh, you know, Glee is set at your high school. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what Josh's high school is like. You would be like, well, hang on. <laughs> no one gets mm-hmm. slushy. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Very true. But like uh, one thing that I, I think is important to bring up for this is I feel like this movie would have worked overall so much better had it had been a direct adaptation of the musical, had the musical numbers in it because you're kind of waiting for that because the movie is so like fast. I completely agree. 
And you keep, a, there's moments where you're like, okay, they almost tap into it when like uh, the one girl is singing at the piano and then they have the big performance at the end. Right. But you're waiting for them to just really express themselves through music and song, but they don't actually do that other than a couple of like dance numbers. It's more like step up than anything yeah, else. Yeah, or like, like, it, it or like kind of karaoke weird. night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I have some stuff to say about that. Um, before <laughs> before we get into all the critical stuff, um, I want to ask, what do you think the is the real power of the performing arts in theater? Like, how does it have the ability to reach people a different way oh. than something like film or television? Oh, it's it's so so helpful, and it's so necessary um, in our society to like have it, uh, you know, ingrained in lower education because performing arts and and all of that like that really teaches you first of all it like takes from all disciplines like it takes like being good at music is like related to math and uh being able to like convey a message is related to like you know humanities um so first of all it's just like good to uh like it's just a good discipline to have in schools because it it is good for early development but also the amount of like emotional support that people in the high school like when you're high school age that you need like the the amount of just intense emotions that you have to like just bottle up is so unhealthy and like you know i remember it, it it's just like the worst <laughs> and mm-hmm. i feel like having performing arts be just like a normal part of any school, not, not even like, Oh, those are the, the performing arts kids. Those are the drama kids. Like just kind of another thing that's there would be just so, so good and beneficial for like people at that age to be able to like express their emotions and, and like feel better about themselves and have higher self-esteem. Cause it's like really a problem. And I think that all the, the, problems that I had with LaGuardia, it was perpetuated by the, the culture of the students. And, you know, they're like 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds. Like, it's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to hold them to that. But the the programs themselves, like the, all my experiences, like with teachers relating to any sort of performance have been just like so positive and just filled with like all these amazing role models and all these amazing connections. And like, there's just no question that like performing arts is beneficial for, for students, especially for teenagers that age. Really well said. Um, yeah, I definitely agree that it, uh, when I found, yeah, (laughs) um, when, when I, uh, started getting more of the performing arts, I I realized that it definitely was uh, an outlet for me to, um, it was my own personal way of self, self self-expression before I could start like getting more into film and stuff. But I I loved the idea of just coming together with and there's the community aspect of it, right? You know, it's right, right. we're all we're all in the same place. There's we're literally nothing basically. like not a better feeling than like being in a play or like being mm-hmm. in a chorus, like a small yeah. chorus, and just like making something beautiful and amazing together. Yeah, literally. And the idea that we're all kind of conveying and getting in touch with a certain message that of whatever it is that we're performing and being our true selves. It's, it's a powerful thing. And, and it doesn't even start, have to be good either. Yeah. Like, setting LaGuardia aside, like, 
you know, that's just good when you're in it. It's just good for your self-esteem. It doesn't matter if like then when you watch a recording of it, like years later, you're like, oh, we sucked. Like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if, if you're feeling it when it's happening. Like it's just going to only have like proven benefits to like how you feel about yourself and how you feel about expressing yourself in the world. And that's like just you can't argue that that's a bad thing. And and also, I mean, that's kind of a part of it, too. Like you, if you go back and watch it and it's terrible that's even more kind of fun and it makes it like a little bit more enjoyable because all the memories come back and you're like, oh my right, God, this exactly. is what we were like back then? Like what? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, all the community theater things I did, like they're all just like so ridiculous, but I love going back and like watching them and visiting them because it's like, okay, this is actually, this helped me a lot later on with things like a little bit more practical, like like public speaking or like presentations or, you know, just in and writing and being creative in general. It was, it's such a, and a lot of people aren't able to find that early on. So, uh, yeah. you know, be, there's still such a negative stigmatism uh, around it. Yeah. I think that word is stigma. With that, why don't we get in to our, to the critical breakdown? Let's do it. Is there a segment theme song? So this movie like is interesting because it tries to do like go through a four year period of like six students and it starts immediately with the auditions of the New York Academy for Performing Arts. It's not even LaGuardia in this movie. We're we're gonna pretend like it is. No, 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 no. So I know the actual history here. Before LaGuardia was what it is, it was two distinct high schools. Like there was there was uh, the high school performing arts, which is what the movie the original movie fame like where it takes place and then there was also another high school for like visual arts and they merged in uh the 80s i think and so uh in the original fame it makes sense because it's it takes place in the other one you know before they merged into the school they are now but when they updated for 2009 they didn't set it in the now merged school where it's like all the performing arts and also like visual arts. They just, uh, they just made a, you know, a hypothetical like 2009 version of that school that doesn't exist anymore because it, it was moved uptown. So that was kind of interesting. I didn't know if they did that like on purpose or if like how they, or if they, you know, kind of needed a workaround, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like that, the, that, that and, and the interior and the exterior look absolutely nothing like it's it's clearly not trying mm-hmm. to be you know the, the current LaGuardia on 65th gotcha gotcha okay so they start the movie with all the auditions of the of the characters that we'll see come into play later so I was wondering what was the audition process like for you when you were trying to get into LaGuardia I mean the energy honestly felt similar to what it was in the movie like it's just kind of everyone nervously walking around, like practicing on the side. The other thing is that I can only, to an extent, offer insight or comparisons because I only did the vocal program. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, well, I remember I was scared that I wasn't going to get in because, like, I messed up my song a little bit, or like I didn't. It, it didn't sound as as good as I had, you know, practiced it other times. So, but I didn't know that they take literally any guy who can like even somewhat sing, but (laughs) it was, yeah, it was like, 
I remember seeing like the art majors, like people walking by with their uh, portfolios, like people had instruments. It, it is very similar to the kind of um, buzzing energy. The thing that's unrealistic is that the the characters uh, in their auditions, like the teachers who are doing the auditions are like helping them out or being like, come on, you can do more than this or like giving them mm-hmm. a little, and it's like, no, they, you, you literally like, there's so many kids auditioning. You have a three minute window. And then if you're not good on the day, it doesn't matter if like you're having an off day, they're just like, okay, next. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're not going to try to get stuff out of you. But of course they're like, I, I need to, I need you to give more in this audition. Cause you're going to be a film. You're going to be a character in this film. And you know, you need right. to, you need to pass this audition. So the idea that like this, so the, okay. It's a good idea. The fact that they, okay, we're going to try and do these, the four years of high school between these six characters, starting at the auditions and ending at graduation is a good idea. It's pretty ambitious, but it's, it's a good idea. Like you can get like a good story out of that. Right. Um, the, the problem is this movie's way, way too short for that. Like it's an hour it's not even an hour 50 and it's so right. fast. Like the first act literally like the first year ended at like not even the 20 minute mark. And I was like, what? <laughs> like yeah. six different plot points happen, And then they jump from the first year. And it's like, I don't know who any of these characters are. Like, especially in the whole first act, you're like, okay, you get like the one girl, Jenny, and she's like the wallflower girl. And then there's like the hot guy and the, one yeah. kid who really loves music, but not in the traditional sense. Like everyone's a cliche. Here was my here was really my problem with this movie. It didn't have anything to say or offer. Mm-hmm. Like when you told me, "Oh, we I want to do the 2009 fame," I was like, "Like I think I had peripherally seen that that existed, mm-hmm. but like I had I never thought about it or pursued watching it or like had been curious about it or looked it up or anything," and. I was thinking to myself like, oh, that probably means it's bad because I watched the trailer and I was like, it actually looks pretty good. And then I was like, but I've never heard of it, which means that it was bad. And then I watched <laughs> it and it's not that it was bad. It's literally that it has nothing to say, nothing mm-hmm. to offer. You're right. Everyone's like a cliche. Every situation is, you know, a situation that other movies have kind of done better. Mm-hmm. And my biggest problem with it is that, and I won't like talk too much about the 1981 version, but like it took some aspects from the 1981 version, like took some of the plot points, and then in some cases, like made the drama less interesting. Like, yeah, usually a remake, they like I was, it was a 2009, like I was expecting it to have like some new thing to say, like, oh, uh, one of the, like one of the kids is, you know, transgendered or like something with, like cyberbullying or something but like no it's just like mm-hmm. the same the same stuff they dulled down some of the dramatic moments from the original one and it's just kind of like why make this movie yeah it's definitely not the most interesting movie i've ever seen but it did something that i was that i was not expecting it to do and i mean this is a segment all about guilty pleasures and there's so many bad movies that i like completely recognize are bad but there is some really good enjoyment in it and this is something this movie did something that i was not expecting it to do it is so like abundantly 
unrealistic this entire movie. Now, I'm not saying you need a movie to be like totally tapped into realism to be enjoyable. Um, but like everything that happens is like this just doesn't feel like real, like any of this would actually happen. Nope. And it was so none delusional. Yeah. None of the dialogue, none of the situations. It was almost delusional that I was like, this is actually kind of entertaining in a way that it's so off from reality I mean, that I was actually into it. I'm always into stuff that's like, you know, I like stuff that I have to think about and that's like really smart and, and nuanced. But I also like shit where it's just like, I, I just kind of watch it and it's there in front of me and mm -hmm. it's the same situations. It's like a lot of TV shows are like that, that are so popular. Like that's, that's what people like about Riverdale. It reminded me a lot of Riverdale or Glee, mm -hmm. how it's just kind of just <laughs> nothing, nothing to say, just like the same high school, like. The same high school things. I was honestly surprised like one character wasn't like going to get pregnant or something. Because I'm like fairly certain if I remember correctly that that was like a plot point in the musical, I think. But like the musical actually goes into some like some of the relationships, particularly the, the teachers. The teachers are actually like role players and characters in the musical. And you get this other perspective, especially one kid who wants to be like a dancer, but is like really bad in like, you know, in class, like in academic in his academic work but gets like goes to like toe to toe with his professor and that's like an interesting thing and in here oh, who, do, who do we have who do we have we got megan mullally and kelsey Grammer just phoning <laughs> it in the entire and time the guy they got because they couldn't afford lawrence fishburne yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that guy um, yeah i yeah whew. <laughs> that film was an abomination. I don't... I, okay. I don't understand. This was another thing that maybe jumped out to me. And maybe it's just because I'm so... Like, I, I really don't know the world of, you know, performing arts. There's a few things that happen in this movie that even from a public school's, like, standpoint, you're just like, what? Like, a, a couple of them. First of all, everyone seemed way too nice in this movie. Like, if, if we're doing this in, like, a really, like hardcore like top-notch performing arts school you know make make it seem like it's a little difficult like it doesn't seem that difficult yeah they weren't you mean the teachers or the students i guess both they weren't like the the, the students weren't assholes to each other mm -hmm. and that's that was what tipped me off that it um was not realistic high school or writing yeah, like a lot of those plot lines, I would believe if it was college students, like the whole thing of them trying to get the uh, the producer, mm -hmm. like, and the girl is like, "Well, I'm not gonna sign if my friends." Nope, in high school, she'd be like, <laughs> "Bye," she'd be like, "It's been real." <laughs> it's not even a question. Mm -hmm. Also, wait, another thing. The first one of the first things that jumped out to me, um was because uh, you said there's the the plot in the in the show about him going to toe toe to toe because he's bad academically. Mm -hmm. There's literally a line in the beginning where the principal, I think it's the principal, says, and I wrote it down, drop below a C average and you're out. No exceptions. Yeah. I was <laughs> gonna ask, is that the case? Excuse me? Yeah. 
It is absolutely not. It was not the case. No, there were people at that school who like, you know, couldn't fully read by the time <laughs> they got into high school. Cause it's, it's like, there's no other school like it. Like there's, there's mm-hmm. schools. If you just want like a really good math education or you want to really like study, you know, whatever you want to get good grades and go to a good college. Like there's all these different high schools in New York. That's the other thing in New York city. You have to apply to um, high schools the same way you have to do colleges, but you're an eighth grader, so it's even worse. <laughs> and there's like tons of schools where you can get a great public education in like all sorts of fields. But the one school that LaGuardia is the one um, public school that has this program and people come from like all over. Like people, I had a friend who didn't live who he lived in Long Island and he um, his aunt like lived just barely inside the uh, radius that you need to go that you need to live to be able to go there and he just put down his address as her address and like every time she got mail he would just like go pick it up from her mailbox and like (laughs) he was like I'm just gonna lie for four years and say that this is where I live because I need to go to LaGuardia because there's no like Oh, I'll just go to the Long Island LaGuardia. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it it's it's really just the one. So so that I forgot why I got on this, but <laughs> that's that was really though. well that was really well represented. Um that was really well represented. And mm-hmm. uh I was gonna say something about Kelsey Grammer, but I forget. <laughs> It'll probably come back around. I mean, I was uh, oh, oh oh when I was like, you do not have yeah, to have what? a C plus. You do not have to have a C to to mm-hmm. go there. That's what it is. First of all, public schools can't be like, all right, we're kicking you out, like unless you've done something or yeah. unless you're like failing. They you can't they can't be like, oh, you're you're falling behind in biology. Bye. Like they can't do that. <laughs> and uh, that was just that. Like there were yeah, there were students who, if you were like a phenomenal dancer or just like insanely talented like like you were getting accepted even if your mm-hmm. um even if your gpa was like lower and that's what i loved so that was just like completely unrealistic and i hope that didn't throw anyone off from applying to laguardia because <laughs> 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 i definitely did not <laughs> stay above a c <laughs> my entire years there i'll tell you that <laughs> Uh, and I just graduated college, so yeah. <laughs> at least you're honest. Uh, yeah, no, that was that was definitely gonna be what, that was one of my questions. Is like that just seems like so ridiculous. Um, and ridiculous. Well, even like the idea, like because I mean that plot point comes back later in the third act when the one girl who gets on Sesame Street, her grades are dropping, so they literally kick her out of school. And it's like, are you yeah. kidding me? She's it's a regular like, on Sesame Street. That's <laughs> literally the opposite. The whole point of LaGuardia is they, they're trying to accommodate you being like a young performer who's growing up in the world of performing as well as being like a high school student. That was the thing that pisses me off. Still to this day, people are like, oh, you went to LaGuardia? So did you have like real classes? As if, like, no, just sang for eight hours a day for four years. And uh, that's why I have an eighth grade reading level. (laughs) Like, of course we had real classes, but it it wasn't, like, the the whole point of LaGuardia is that they they try to 
accommodate, they try to like be able to give you a good education in both the performing arts and academics. And like they succeeded at it. Like they have systems in place. <clears throat> they would never be like, if you drop below a C, you're out. They would be like, if you drop below a C, we're going to like, you know, you're going to have a meeting with your like arts, you know, whatever your major is, your professor and like, you know, mm-hmm. talk about your emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there should be like, as most schools, there's like a step process, you know, it's not like yeah. a zero tolerance policy for yeah. like, <laughs> no, like I said, there were so many people who just coasted mm-hmm. on the arts front and on the academics front. Like just, we're like, okay, well I'm just going to go here for like, I'm just going to hang out with the interesting people. Like if you were doing like the musical or one of the big things, like, yeah, you have to like be on top of your shit and like, you know, it's pretty cutthroat, but like, if you were if you were just like a student, no, you can get you can get a C. Like you can you can be a subpar dancer. You're literally gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> still, just the high school, right? Yeah, that would be so traumatizing. Imagine getting like a, yeah C C average was that like a seventy five or something, and you're gone. You just have to, you're like done. I, yeah. I I don't know what's next for me. Yeah, I mean like it's not like like Jesus. It's not like Laguardia is like a boarding school mm-hmm. or like some type of like military school. It's literally just <laughs> it's a public high school. People also think it's a private high school. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, Ross. Well, I went to public school, so it was a little different for me. No, I did too. <laughs> like we had like disgusting bad lunch with like styrofoam trays and like. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had all that, like, <laughs> torn up textbooks. What doesn't make sense about this movie are it, all of the characters, like we said earlier, they're cliches. But not only are they cliches, they all have, like, they have their one thing. And then, like, that's their character. So, right. like, Jenny, the one girl who's trying to be an actress, is, like, the outcast and insecure. And then the one guy is the hot guy, and he has a good singing voice. And uh, I feel like all of their four-year-long arcs could have been, like two week long arcs just like in the middle of their <laughs> sophomore year or something. Like it was ridiculous. I kept waiting. Like when they, when they introduced all the characters, I was like, Oh, and then I'm going to see them all like grow and their characters develop. No, but like, and the only progression that I noticed was like their clothes change and people's hair gets either shorter, longer right. or curlier. That's it. That's all you can do. And even then, they still don't look older. Like everyone in this movie just looks like they were 15 for four years of their life. Right. And, like, and I mean, that is a hard workaround, but like, like usually when you can't just age a actor, you like, you rely on their acting and their dialogue to be like, Oh wow. I can tell that this person's mm-hmm. really grown. None of that. Like it was so, it was just so the situations that they got into were just like, non-situations they felt like b storylines on like a sitcom like on a serious episode of a sitcom <laughs> yes literally because like it the was so hard the to- things and the dad is like i don't support this and the mom being like i support you and him being like okay i'm like all right yeah that was a real human moment i that's yeah. <laughs> struck a chord with me <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that's a good point. They do feel like like inconsequ- inconsequential plots in like a sitcom because it's almost hard to keep track of everybody because like there's no real like I barely learned anybody's name and it was like 
all of their everyone has the same character storyline basically everyone has their interest everyone is trying to chase those interests everyone has one thing that stops them but it doesn't stop them then they have another roadblock and then they're fine and th- like that's right. pretty much it right I, I need some variety. Like, it, it gets so hard to... The- no one ever writes high school dialogue or characters correctly. Not mm-hmm. ever. It's so rare. I like... it's And it makes sense because you, you age out of high school and then you have, like, years and years and years and then you get to the age where you're, like, a professional and you write a movie and then you're like, oh, I, well, I remember what high school's like. Or like, oh, I have a nephew. Like, <laughs> but it's, like, not... <laughs> It's it's so it's always just such a like they boil down everything to these one issues. There's no like subtext ever. It's always just like everyone says exactly what they're feeling and thinking. Mm-hmm. And, like it's just it's just like oh okay yeah all right. <laughs> and I and I hate it because like there's so many times where like the biggest one of the biggest cliches that I saw in this movie that like drives me crazy, especially with high school movies is. There's that scene where the one guy, the one guy who makes the like the beats and the music is playing the piano and Kelsey Grammer comes up and says like you're very talented but you don't play the notes on the sheet music and then he's like this is boring this is old stuff like it's like 300 years old why don't we play like new stuff like that is so so annoying to me like whenever I, that happens in in movies I hate to tell you this right now on burst your bubble but that was one of the scenes that I found to be accurate because I saw a conversation play out like that almost verbatim when I was a freshman at LaGuardia where this guy, it wasn't, okay, the part that was cliche that I agree with you is the part where he's he's like, that Bach guy died a thousand years ago, who yeah. cares? Like that was stupid <laughs> and like that he's spouting knowledge about Bach. Like his teachers told him, like, no, he wouldn't like be like that. But one time, freshman year, we had to sing, like, our first unit was that we had to sing Italian arias, and we were singing Seben Crudele, and this guy, this guy, uh, like, just didn't really know the words or wasn't really committing to it, and my vocal teacher was like, why don't you care, why, like, you're not singing it like you feel it, and he's like, this isn't the type of music I sing. I sing, like, hip-hop, and I sing... Like, like R&B, like I sing a totally different type of music. Like, I'm just not into this stuff. And he just like in front of the class got schooled. Like the, <laughs> the teacher was just like, that's not how it works here. You know, like, the, you know, something that would be in fame. Like, you know, you, you do what we, and that guy graduated and went to do like sing opera. Like, <laughs> so it actually worked. So that was one scene where I'm like, oh, hang on that. <laughs> I'm picking up on something real. But then they have, they always have to like bring it back and cliche. Like every time that happened when I was watching this, where I recognized something and I was like, you know what? I've actually like, that's a genuine thing that like has happened at in my, in high school. Like it was immediately followed by just like movie BS. Like, and like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll get to the uh, cafeteria scene. Oh, uh, well, I, I, no, we should just do that now. That was one of my questions. Did that ever happen where students are just because first of all while i was watching it i was they get into the cafeteria on the first day of school they're clearly all already friends and everyone is doing their own respective music thing and as i was watching it i was like a do people ever take a break and b did this actually happen where it all broke out in the middle of a cafeteria (laughs) okay 
setting the record straight once and for all. <laughs> it's not yes or no. It's in between. <laughs> occasionally, occasionally, people would start like, not instruments, but like circles where they would do like, like clapping, like, you know, a rhythm circle. And then someone would just like break dance in the middle. But that wasn't always like, oh, it's a dance major. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, the percussionists are going to clap their hands now. Like, you know, the whole thing of like everyone's doing their thing is like kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. And like to answer your question of like, do people take a break? Generally, people were kind of restless during like lunch, like brought, brought like drumsticks and stuff. No one ever brought amps. <laughs> no one ever did like tap dancing on on the that's the other thing like they they kept having moments where like one person was like the center of it but it was like how how is that person amplified like when like one person would rap from like one side of the room everyone just mm-hmm. starts looking at them and it's like no this is a movie like <laughs> so yeah that person would get drowned out by the sound um, <laughs> the day before christmas break every every year i'm not sure what class it was it was like junior band or junior orchestra or something all the horns like all the trumpets and trombones and you know horns would come yeah <laughs> to the cafeteria and just like start playing like a uh you know, a chord progression like over and over again and people would like get into it and people sometimes would bring like drums. I sent you a video of one and like mm-hmm. that was the closest. So what everyone always says is like, you know, one out of all of the days of the school year was like people think it is with the dancing on the tables. Everything else like, <laughs> no. That was the other thing like they were they were doing like in the movie, they're, they're doing like a full song. Like they all know. It's like, when did you rehearse this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I know that that that's the general thing with like movie musicals, where it's like, wait, had, who? Like, when did you guys rehearse this? But mm-hmm. like, they're specifically trying to depict like, oh, this is what it's like, you know? Yeah, it, like this just breaks out during the cafeteria. It's like, no, that would never happen. Like, people are not just like automatically friends. There's just all this mixing between all the majors. Like, I'll throw in my thing. Like, I'll sing. There was literally one part where that girl started singing and it be- it became like high school musical. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, okay, stop. Yeah. Like, one girl singing. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the melody. What? How? <laughs> room of like people making a ruckus. How'd she get the solo? There had to be like an audition process and like all <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly, um, exactly. And there was <laughs> so much You rap- do have a point that like, so much it's very... Try to update it. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no. You, you made a point that I, I agree with. That it's interesting that it's clear that they're trying to be like, okay, this is supposed to be an extravagant moment and just kind of crazy, but they are depicting it as this is what happens at this school because the one girl, the piano girl, leaves and goes to talk to uh, the other guy and yeah. is like, too much for you? Is that too much for you? And it's like, oh, okay, so this is somewhat normal and some people like actually just don't want to be a part of it. Uh, so that like, was just weird. Tipping the tables over. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> No, like, yeah, we had like we had like monitors at lunch, you know, in, in school, and they would just be yeah, like, Get yeah, off the yeah, table. yeah. No one ever <laughs> once brought an amp and an electric guitar to lunch because if you did that, like, probably so many people would be like, "Shut up!" 
Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like no one, people aren't just like always trying to perform and make music with each other. You know, it's like (laughs) Mm -hmm. you're trying to live your life. You're trying to be just (laughs) a person. And I feel like if, if they were just going to go into that route, like do something like a high school movie about a performing arts school that goes over the top and does those extravagant things, then that's great. Like I'm, I'm for that, but you have to, I feel like they should have balanced it with, with the characters and have clear progression because the way that the story is structured, it goes through the four years so quickly. There isn't really, there aren't really arcs for characters. Like, especially like, like I, I mentioned the one girl, the, the outca the acting girl, Jenny, she is set up as someone who's like, okay, she's kind of on the outside. She isn't, she, she may not fit in automatically, but then in that cafeteria scene, she literally has made friends with people already. And it's like, well, you just, you just cut that off. Like that's just nipped in the bud, like right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, they didn't, they didn't give anyone time to develop at all. <laughs> Mm-mm. And there's like countless moments. And I wish there was just like, like, especially when at the end of the first year section, the one kid who like lost his sister and he was telling that story. And yeah. the, the, oh prof- this is, this was another cliche that I feel you see a lot in, especially movies depicting theater performance or whatever. Um, you know, he's telling this really like personal story. And then the drama teacher asks, uh, pretty reasonable question. Discount Fishburne. Yeah. <laughs> um, diet, diet Fishburne. This movie's filled with diet actors. <laughs> Fishburne light. He's like, well, okay, you, you, you gave us a very dramatic story, but like, I want to know how that made you feel. And then he's like, fuck this man. I don't need, I don't need the drama class. I'm out. And then leaves and storms right. out and then it's has like, like one yeah, moment where school. Yeah. No, yeah. you're not out. <laughs> you got to come back tomorrow. <laughs> and that was the thing where it's like, okay, develop that relationship more like i want to see what that, that guy character was two dimensional yeah mm-hmm. and same thing character. i mean same with kelsey Grammer's character who's just like you know it's like you know play the notes on the page you have promise like that's this whole character there isn't really any relationship with the other students other than you have promised yeah when he's like playing it all funky and it's like oh he's he likes composing or something it's like oh that's gonna be his thing no he's like he's kind of like a player in this other story with the with the girl who's singing but like not really (laughs) you know you know who i forgot about the most is the one really good dancer girl i don't even know what her name is with the blonde hair she shows up like three times and the one part that to me was the most ludicrous thing (laughs) was when she's at dinner with her parents and (laughs) Her dad is like, you know, uh, a lot of people, uh, your therapist says you may have like depression. And I was like, depression? What, where did this come from? <laughs> it's so stupid. It was like, I feel like no one, no one wanted to make this movie. <laughs> I feel like someone was like, we could remake fame. And everyone, like everyone was the guy who's like, yeah, I mean, I'll help if you if if you really want to. I, I guess I'll help out. <laughs> but like, they were all that guy, the entire cast crew. Like, no one was like, no, I have something to say here. Like, this needs to be yeah. made. <laughs> well, because everything just feels so just like that. Like they just, it, it's not fully developed. Especially, I mean, and continuing on that story plot, uh, where the the good dancing girls like, oh. I got into this one ballet troupe and we're going on a world tour. And then she's like, 
she has to break up with the guy and the guy's like, well, don't say that. We got, we can, we can make it work. And he's like, it's not just, it's not just us. It's everybody. A lot of people, like everyone says, we're not going to stay friends after we graduate. We're just going to kind of go our separate ways. And I was like, in what high school is a whole group of friends just going to be like, yep, this is done. Like we're all right. Yeah. Time's up. Like yeah, That was weird. They were like, we're all going to go our separate ways. It's like, you mean like going to college? Yeah. You, you leave. But like, you still stay friends. Like, it's it's yeah. not one or the other. <laughs> it's not like we have to decide now: is this lasting or not? And it's like mm-hmm. that's not how life works. Come on, no. come on, movie. <laughs> uh, oh, also, I, I had one. I had another question for you because I, I was I was legitimately curious. Yeah, AMA, brother. <laughs> because you said the performing arts and the visual arts schools um, merged um, yeah. in the in the eighties. So were there film majors at LaGuardia? No, there were six majors where I went to school. Vocal, instrumental, dance, drama, theater tech, which was not represented in this movie, and art. (laughs) (laughs) And um, there was no musical theater, even though there kind of was in this movie. And there was no film. Was that kid who was like making a film, was he a drama major? I forget. I couldn't, I legitimately couldn't tell because he, all he talked about was just going to make a, make a movie, making a like, poster like for there a movie. Were, obviously, there were people in high school who were interested in films, but like, doesn't stick out to me. I watched the movie today and I can't remember like if he had a major. So are they kind of just trying to be like, oh yeah, he's, he's a film major. Don't worry about it. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of thought like at first it was like, because I wasn't sure if that was a thing. Uh, but I guess like maybe they're just trying to play it off that he's just a drama major or something, but is obviously clearly interested in film because you see him in the opening doing his audition, like doing his monologue thing, but they don't really go into actually what he's studying and what he's doing. He's also right. a moron, by the way. Um, <laughs> that, his character, I was like, why does there always have to be this guy in movies? Yeah. <laughs> like the little, the little mousy guy who's like... <laughs> Yeah, like the scene where he's just filming the girl getting drunk. I'm like, "What are you doing?" Like, <laughs> yeah. And then they show that clip to the acting professor, and he's just like, "I appreciate the creativity, but the drunkenness." And she's like, "I won't do it again." And that's it. It's like, do you realize that a 15 year old just showed you, an administrator, in class that one of your students was getting drunk? Yeah. And- <laughs> They, like they, what? They really just yeah. I'll say it again. They really just did not know where they wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! The ending, the the graduation. First of all, I was like upset that I was I was like worried that I was gonna get that it was gonna be hard to watch the graduation because of you know current events. Mm-hmm. But it was literally they did like a, a whole performance that was like some again something out of like Glee or something even crazier than Glee. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. It was like something out of Sing. And, yeah. uh, and like, they just, all the characters had their solos and their moments and it kept going back and forth. And I was just like, okay, this is so, so out there. Like at this point, you're not even trying like they, they're, they had clearly like defined what these kids specific arts were. And they just like threw it in the trash for that. Like they could have done that in a cool way. And they, they start with Jenny singing and she's like, they've been doing the whole movie. She's like an actor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it doesn't make sense. And then they like, 
they had like, of course, Denise. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, like, of course, she sings like a solo with the gospel choir. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's conveniently all the the main characters of the movie. Great. Yeah. Like, it was just like so not believable and so like out there. It's just, it's so upsetting because the whole concept of performing arts is like that it like you get in touch with your emotions then and, and then it's all like personal. You would think that like a movie about it is like going to be really emotional and really like personal and yeah. relatable and human full of human moments and it's just not it's full mm-hmm. of like movie moments like it would and, make sense if it was a filmmaking school like they were all filmmakers mm-hmm. and so then it's like oh that explains why the whole movie is like kind of like a film but <laughs> yeah it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> and the the idea that like they clearly went all in on that ending. So they wanted to end on the big performance thing, but it's right after... What movie you are. (laughs) Yeah. But like, it's right after they have that big scene in the nightclub where they sing that song and, you know, the... Denise has the fight with her parents and... Yeah, that uh, was more believable of like something that would happen. Not mm -hmm. the fight, but that performance. Yeah, because it, it feels so, you know, uh, just kind of homemade. And but like I said, I wish they doubled down for that and just been like, let's just do all things like this and like really like go all out. But they, I feel like they spent most of their budget on that last scene because that last scene is bananas. It's like I know. they start off like singing a song and then they're up in the balcony with the choir. And yeah, then it's like if you were at a graduation that was doing that, you'd be like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what? then like, <laughs> deep in one place um and then like like a bunch of african drummers like come out i was like where are they in the movie yeah. like i wanted to see them <laughs> oh yeah that's the other major african yeah. drumming <laughs> <laughs> it's so popular <laughs> so underrepresented <laughs> and then like the movie's over and you're just like what like oh, yeah okay. like, that's something crazy like i'm like oh 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 it's done okay yeah. Like, and then they like cut to all the actors doing like crazy faces. That one girl's going to uh, tour the world. That's it. I can't think of any other characters who had said where they were going. Well, there's okay. So there's two things I want to point out really quick before we move to analyze this is that one, there's the one kid who, because you said in earlier though, in that one scene where the, the kid from Idaho wants to be a ballet dancer and his professor says you'll never do it because no. you haven't progressed or something like that. Yeah, he. Yeah, I yeah, and he almost commits suicide at one point. That <laughs> like, is from 1981, by the way. I'll oh, it that. is. Oh, okay, okay. I I honestly yeah, did not know that, that. Yeah, but that was so like it's not a relevant plot point. It doesn't like <laughs> you're gonna try if you're going to cover suicide. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to actually? I don't know. Take a second to actually address it. Yeah, <laughs> and like. like not just be like, oh, he almost jumped. Now he didn't. Yeah. Next scene. And, and then he's fine because at the end, there's the, he's the one kid who's like, yeah, I, I'm not graduating, but uh, I'm going to go back to my, my hometown and work at my mom's dance studio and be the greatest dance teacher the world's ever seen. And it's, it's like, like oh, right, so you're fine. Lesson yeah. learned. Suicidal thoughts um, go away. Okay, good. Good takeaway. <laughs> as long as you just like understand where you're gonna end up you'll yeah. be fine like what as long as you got that that sweet sweet dance studio in idaho iowa yeah. you got me saying it <laughs> iowa to fall back on you'll be all set uh, um and then uh the 
the karaoke night scene, I don't really understand what's happening there. Did you did you ever go out uh, for a night on the town with your professors in high school? No, I sure didn't. <laughs> absolutely not. We one time like we would have the the closest thing to it is we we had a cabaret once that was like at uh like in the evening like it was like 5 p.m but it was like specifically we were performing rehearsed songs we would of course never go to a bar with our (laughs) no like that and just them like casually hanging out and um you know i i believed it for a second when when it was um megan mullaly because i was like oh okay like i guess she's kind of like the spontaneous because there were drama professors who were like a little bit out there and very, very close, you know, close and personal with students. And that was like, not that weird. Maybe going out, like um, if it wasn't a bar, like going to some social event or going to some show together or -hmm. going to see live music. Like if it was one teacher and a group of students, maybe wouldn't be bad or like there wouldn't be really anything wrong with as long as they're not like making advances or buying alcohol or anything. But Mm -hmm. It was it's, like it was. She was there, and then randomly, Kelsey Grammer was there too. Yeah, <laughs> was like, okay. he doesn't. And I thought he was gonna sing. I'm like, oh, cool, Kelsey Grammer singing scene. Nope, guess not. <laughs> Here's what I think happened. He filmed the scene with Bach, where he like gets in the argument with the kid. Then mm-hmm. he like went home, and then he waited for a week, and he didn't hear anything. And then he called them, and he was like, "Hey, am I still in this movie?" And they were like, <laughs> "Oh." We have Kelsey Grammer, like he's still in this movie. And they were like, okay, we're doing the karaoke scene. I guess we could put him there. It wouldn't make wouldn't be that out of place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he is, he's just sitting at the table wearing an Argyle sweater, just being like, Hey, like part, yeah, that part where the guy's like, Wow, she's amazing. And he's like, Of course she is. It's like, all right. <laughs> all right, Kelsey. All right, chill. And then she's like, you know, it was they try and make that moment where she tells about like tells him about her past like so personal and like sentimental where it's like oh you know i immediately out of college i wanted to go and you know become an actress and really get into it but then it just wasn't for me so i got out of it and everyone's just kind of looking at her like oh my god that could happen to us and it's like that seems if she didn't like it and she wasn't it wasn't for her and she just got out of it you know that's just that's happens, yeah. That's yeah, normal. that happens very, very frequently. So it wasn't like that big of a, oh, what could have been if Megan yeah, and also Ola- such a, They were like, why'd you quit? And she's like, oh, it's a long story. I don't really want to talk to them. They're like, no, seriously, why'd you quit? <laughs> she said she didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like either she would just shut it down immediately and be like, oh, no, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Or like <laughs> would just lie or something. I don't know. Or tell yeah. them. I have one more thing to talk about because this is this is my my least favorite plot point in this entire movie is the Jenny Marco relationship or whatever because they don't have any chemistry. But yeah. the it goes into some weird places because there's the one guy when they go to the party, there's the one guy who was at school yeah, that dropped out to be Yeah, to go be on like a show or something, and then he's like Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. I thought the film guy, I, in my notes, I wrote down the film major was like Diet Timothy Chalamet, but this guy... Um, well, like, he, the actor who plays the film guy is Diet Timothy Chalamet, but I'm saying mm-hmm. the the somebody who drops out... Okay, Timothy didn't drop out, but mm-hmm. he... Like, when uh, when he was going to LaGuardia, he was also be on Homeland. 
Yeah. So like <laughs> that's what that reminded me of. Mm-hmm. But like he get, gets Jenny's number, and then they meet up at one point to like go over. Yeah, scene I have to talk know about this. Yeah. Uh, so take it in, in the 1981 version. There's this scene where there's this girl Coco who wants to be an actress, and she's like sort of sometimes supposed to be or Jenny is sort of supposed to be her at times, other times not. And there's a scene where Coco like goes to do this audition and the guy sets up this video camera and he literally makes her get topless and he's like, oh, you like you want to be an actress. And it's like this really hard to watch moment. And it's it's why the original fame is rated R. Mm-hmm. And um and she like cries. And so in this version, there's the part where this guy is like setting up this video camera. And I was like, oh, come on. Are they seriously going to do this? This like, come on, you don't need to go here. And then they they did a thing where he's like, just he's like trying to like make out with her on camera. Mm-hmm. She's like uncomfortable with it. And she's like, this is you have like, do you have a collection of tapes? And he's like. Okay, maybe I have some like uh, like some, <laughs> and then and then she leaves. So I was like, oh, so you were doing you were you were remaking the scene from the 1981 movie where something like traumatic happens, and <laughs> you're like, but in this version, he's trying to smooch her. It's yeah. like if you're gonna remake something and like update it for the times, can you make it like? Can you not? make it less like they made it like less intense. It was weird. It was like, yeah, like you're making it less of a conversation. It's almost as if they're like, anyway, guys like that, that was an eighties thing. But in 2009, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) no, yeah, like that's the thing. (laughs) So I thought that was so weird. I was like, why do like an, why do a half homage where you, where you like make it a less pertinent conversation or like a less <laughs> intense thing. It was so watered down and just it didn't because when it's hard to watch like in the in the original version like you say it like it kind of it brings like um the almost the reality of the situation it it, it just makes it feel more authentic and uh gets the message across like easier. This is just like it, it's uncomfortable because it's just weird. Like it's like why are we doing this? Right, right. But I think that gets into the the adaptation aspect of our conversation. So why don't we just go straight into analyze this? And we've said already that there's not a whole lot of messages to be found in this movie. Uh, nope. They they are clearly they're clearly all over the place. And the idea clearly was like, okay, we got to show the importance of performing arts and that it's possible to make it if you believe and like all that, because that's the whole point of the ending scene. You see the one kid and um, who tried to commit suicide in with all of them at graduation. And it's like, Oh, okay, we're all in this together. But the idea, but what's, what's cool about the original and maybe you could comment on this for the movie, but in the musical, you can actually see characters fail and like really fail. Like there's a, there's a character in the original. Yeah. There's there's one like the most interesting character in the musical. I, I can't remember her name, but she's this girl who, after like years have gone by, they come back and she has. I think she becomes like, I think she's just like a a stripper or something. She's just like an exo- uh, like a dancer, and 
that like she sings this whole song that's like a lament about how she thought her life was going to go one way, but it actually ended up a, a different way. And it makes it so much more powerful because you realize, okay, what they're doing is difficult. And some people, it's not going to end well for them. And it's yeah. devastating to watch, but it makes it you know more dramatic and interesting. Yeah. I felt like they, at the same time, wanted to be like, we need to show how intense this is. We need to show how cutthroat and like, just like dire the circumstances are and how high, high the stakes are and how like if you are not giving it your all, like you're, you're out. Or if you, your grades start to fail, you're out. Like they're trying to do that. But at the same time, they're trying to do the classic, it's a movie, so we need to end on a happy note and be like, you know, you have to be who you are. Like she gives that whole speech about success where it's like success is if you're just like happy with what you're doing. Like it was such a mixed message. It's like, well, you need to pick. Like are you going to say that are you trying to make the point that like success is being good at art and performance is like arbitrary and then it's really just like being <clears throat> true to yourself? Or are you saying that like in the world of art and performing, like you have to just completely be the best there is and like not be vulnerable and not falter at all. Like you have to decide what you're trying to say because it's, it's just confusing. And that's really truly why I think that this is not, no one talks about this movie. Like people mm-hmm. talk about the 1981 version because it's iconic. Right. And again, yeah, like put LaGuardia on the map. No one talks about this. Like mm-hmm. I went to LaGuardia between 2012 and 2016. I didn't hear one mention of like, oh my God, we're just like, uh, we're just like Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> no, n- nothing ever. Like, <laughs> and, an iconic character <laughs> and I feel like it's because it just didn't know what it wanted to be like if, if if they were going to double down on like showing how cutthroat it is and it was kind of more like whiplash that would have been one thing and if they were trying to um, you know show a story where people get too worked up about their art and then like in the end they realize that it's okay like you know a movie about people like me like <laughs> that yeah also be a good type of movie but you can't they're not you can't do the same you can't put them in the same story like it just doesn't work right and, like, and you, can't just, you can't just be like oh well it's fame so people will watch it it's like it's, mm-hmm. no come on like <laughs> work yeah because fame is like uh is a piece that has some very like clear messages in it and is and is trying to say something about the art of of performing and you know trying to make you know make that magic work and it's 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 a difficult place to be in uh and also i feel like so this movie comes out in 2009 glee also started this year now i don't know if this movie came out before or after glee started but you can clearly tell that there is some aura around it where it's like okay we already have like we already know that glee did something that uh like really went for it and tried to just be like, oh, these kids are actually uh, are doing but, it in a more public setting. And yeah, that was my biggest issue with Glee too, though. Yeah, that it was like sometimes they were trying to have initiate serious conversations about like you know serious topics in society, and then other times they were trying to just be like a goofy Ryan Murphy sitcom. And like whenever they were like doing one of those two really well, I was into it. But whenever they were kind of just like jumping between the two and just being like, yeah, whatever, I'm like, 
this is not compelling because it's not, you know, other like I'm only going to watch for the songs if it's not <laughs> like actually good stories, if it's just kind of hollow cliches, but also like light little sitcom sitcom moments. Like I'm not really going to, that's not interesting to me. No, I, I definitely agree. And I, I just feel like, because like I said, I think this movie is interesting in that it is just so cut off from reality that I found myself somewhat interested in it. I also am a, a big sucker for high school movies, so I can like kind of get into it. Yeah, but yeah, me too. I, I feel like what makes high school movies so good is that the um, the setting almost becomes arbitrary in that it could take place literally anywhere. Now, That's I'm the not thing, saying, yeah. And, and I'm not saying that like you couldn't do it like it doesn't work with fame because the setting is is so well known, but you just get lost in the idea of like this is a performing arts high school. This is what it's like, and it's fucking rad. Like that's pretty much it. They like I, but I want to know, like I want to know about the struggles that people go through. Like with this, the only struggle that I like noticed is that some people's parents were like hmm, and then some opportunities just went like flat. Like that was pretty much it. And I, it almost felt like at times the fact that they were in high school didn't really matter. Right, exactly. And I, I want it to matter. Like, I, I, want, I want you to go in, like, go all in on that. And, like, it almost felt like at times it was like, okay, they're just kind of in a building at this point. It doesn't, like, you don't really get, because the professors right. aren't really engaged in it and the students itself, like, are, like, it, it's not engaging. Um, but like I said, the one thing that I think could really fix this movie and would have made it like so much better if it was a direct adaptation of I know what you're gonna say. If they had Lawrence Fishburne. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a ten out of ten and maybe the best movie of all time. Um, but I like if they had because there are some really great songs in in the musical that lend themselves to to good visual filmmaking. Like there's a whole, yeah. whole great dance sequence that happens. Yeah. Uh, of like that Hold happens like, on tomorrow. the street. Yeah. Dancing in the street. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Also the most iconic moment in fame, like the original one is when they're singing fame and when, while dancing on cars. So I was like, okay, so obviously they're going to recreate that. Didn't recreate it at all. Like in the preview, they have the like, the the techno like remember my name <laughs> like the <laughs> the weird version of the song and so yeah. i kept being like oh are they gonna like are they gonna like play that and have you know hip-hop dancers or something or like do some 2009 thing no they just put it over the credits like <laughs> it's ridiculous mm -hmm. like they it's like when they were adapting it they were like okay we have to figure out a way to get these great, great stories through without that stupid music. Like we, we have to figure out a way to get rid of that those annoying melodies that everyone hates. It's like no, that's you got you got to hone in on that. That's that's your that's your winner. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay. Um, so to kind of round this out, brand house, <laughs> brand house. Um, <laughs> uh, the. <laughs> You got to tell. Gotta Can I just say that. a fun little fact real quick? Yeah. Or it's not. So the director of this movie, uh, Kevin, I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. It's like T-A-N 
C-H-A-R-O-E-N. So is that like Tancheron? I think mm. so, maybe. Anyways, he has four director credits. The first is Fame, 2009. So this was his first movie. <laughs> the second, the following year, was Mortal Kombat Rebirth. <laughs> okay. And then the third, the year after that, was Glee the 3D concert movie. Oh my god. Well, there and we then go. he did some movie called Arcana that doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Arcana. What I want to know is why him? <laughs> he probably begged and pleaded. He saw it like maybe, okay, maybe so much went wrong in this movie that he was like, okay, I understand like my mistakes. I I, I messed up. Like a lot of things could have gone better. And then got the opportunity, like saw that they were going on a Glee World tour and he's like, I'm going to do that. Like, that's going to be my redemption. <laughs> Needed the money yeah. to do that, so we made a Mortal Kombat movie. So it makes sense. It all comes together. Um, right. Exactly. But, yeah. He had so um, much anger inside of him that he had to build a Mortal Kombat. Uh, okay, so to finish this off, this whole segment is about, it's about guilty pleasures and movies that are so bad, but they are enjoyable. Would you... How okay? How do you define a guilty pleasure for yourself? Do you have particular movies that you kind of go back to? You're like, I know this isn't bad or this isn't good, but I do, I can enjoy it. Like, are there ones for you that hmm. you kind of go to? Does Raiders? No, not Raiders. Uh, Temple of Doom count? <laughs> no, because that's still Indiana Jones. That's still, that's still it's good. still a good good movie. No, I definitely do. I would have to think about it. I also just generally like most movies. Well, is there anything is there anything like TV wise that you can just be like, I like I don't care like if this is not the most like well crafted story or like the characters, but I can just like so enjoy it and watch it when it's on. I feel like everyone has that show. I could definitely say that for Phil of the Future. Oh, really? <laughs> I've been trying to convince people that that show holds up, and no one believes me. <laughs> oh, really? It has yeah. been a while. Uh, oh. Do you know the show Chrisley Knows Best? Yes. <laughs> I have heard of that show. <laughs> that <would be> it. <laughs> it's this like really fashionable uh, southern guy, blonde guy with like uh, a mansion and a family. Mm-hmm. It's called no- It's a reality show and it's basically yeah. like keeping up with the Kardashians except like not an iconic person or family. <laughs> yeah, who that guy is like what is his what what is his thing? Like yeah, I don't even know. He's something with fashion, probably. I just remember there's like one episode where his kids won't get off their phones, and he's like, "Chase Savannah, I'm gonna have to hide your cell phones." And then he hides <laughs> them, and they like just go and get them anyway. And he's like, "What did I say about the phones?" <laughs> and I was, I, I remember being like, "I wonder if the cameraman was like, hey, they took the phones back, like <laughs> there's just cameras around all the time." Oh my so, god. So yeah, that would probably be my guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I probably do have movies that I can't really think about right now. I mean, everyone has that like particular media that they can just go to like and just get lost in and have a good time or just like get wrapped up in the absurdity of right. it. And this one, I wouldn't say I would go back to it like all the time, but I could definitely see myself watching it again just to be like there are just some ridiculous things that happen in this movie. But it's like, again, I think it's the high school element that I can like easily get sucked up into. And, you know, they, they're all talented, so they sound good. But, like, it's just so all over the place. And, like, what, do you see yourself going back to this movie <laughs> at no. all? 
No, never. <laughs> and if I was like in a social setting where people are like, we should watch this, I would be like, I would really, really rather not. It's not good. <laughs> I, I love like, the honesty. Like, I don't think I missed anything. I don't think mm-hmm. like, oh, but you got to watch it now knowing that. Uh, yeah. Like, no. so this isn't one that, that uh, benefits from a second watch through. <laughs> Definitely not. It makes so much more sense now. <laughs> the best thing that I got out of this, out of watching this movie was was conversation topics for you and me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. I was able to be on this podcast. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> <that. laughs> um, well, well, with that, thank you so, so much, Ross, for sitting through Fame 2019 yeah, and coming to talk about it. <laughs> of course. I would love to come on anytime. You'll be back. For sure. That does it for this episode of Frankly, I Love Movies. Huge thank you to our special guest, Ross Kennedy. Been wanting to get him on the show for a while. This podcast was produced by Sullivan Harris, who also did all of the artwork. Be sure to go listen to his other podcast, Ravnik Avengers, Orion Valley Productions' very own Real Play D&D podcast. Their second season continues with a new episode this Thursday, July 30th, available wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure to leave us a rating and review on all podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes. The feedback really helps us out. If you want to follow us on social media, you can check us out on Facebook at Frankly I Love Movies, on Twitter at Frankly Podcast, and you can follow me on Instagram at JoshValJosh21 for more exciting updates on what's going on in my life. And finally, in two weeks, come back to listen to my old friend Alex Kosick and I discuss all the interesting choices made in the 2014 film adaptation of Stephen Sondheim's classic fairy tale musical, Into the Woods. Until then, I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. Just so you know, uh, stigmatism is uh, (laughs) defined as a condition of the eye or lens where rays of light from a single point do not focus upon a single point on the retina. (laughs) That's what I thought. I don't right. want to really embarrass you. No. <laughs> Stigma is a mark of disgrace associated with a particular circumstance quality of poor person. All right, let's retcon it, and then I'll just be like, <laughs> negative stigma. You don't edit that out. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> your mic is still on. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes words can be difficult for me. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so to start off... Critical breakdown. I have. I want to. I want to pose a question for you because this movie starts off.